was talking to one of the men in the church this week, and we'll be observing the Lord's Supper tonight. I'm going to speak on the topic. I'm just going to, well, it won't be long, but just a look at the Lord's Supper. That's the title of the message this evening, a look at the Lord's Supper. And the outline itself is not originated with me. It's probably been around for many, many decades. Uh, I actually heard a, a preacher preach an outline to me. I thought, man, that was amazing. That was a really neat outline. I like that. And uh, I have a book on my desk that was published in 1870 or something like that. And I actually found that outline in that book from 1870. And uh, so, I mean, I try and tell you if I didn't, I didn't write the outline specifically. But uh, so it's a real basic outline, but a look at the Lord's Supper. But backing up, I was talking to one of the men in this church. And, and sometimes um, it's a balance that we have to have when we get to the observance of the Lord's table. Because there is a certain level of solemnity, there's a certain level of soberness that we should have as we ponder and think about the sacrifice that Jesus Christ gave and, and what He uh, gave up for us. And the fact of the matter is, is that He had to shed His blood, He had to die a horrific death on the cross so that we could know and experience forgiveness. So on one hand, you, you have the, the horror of it and the solemnity of it and, and that aspect where we ponder and think about what he gave up. But on the other hand, we have our salvation, the result of it. And, and I'll tell you what, if you're in a condition or in a place where you're not right with God, then there ought to be some soberness. There ought to be so, some solemnity. There ought to be uh, some coming to God and some reckoning and reestablishing those right relationships but when you're in that place of sweet fellowship with your heavenly Father, there should be a measure of rejoicing that we remember and ponder what he did. If you would turn in your Bibles tonight to 1 Corinthians chapter number 11, this passage of Scripture is a key passage of Scripture when we talk about or discuss the Lord's Supper. Often I will read a section of these verses as we, as a church, partake and observe the Lord's table. We want to look at them tonight in light of this look at the Lord's Supper. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 20 through 34 is where we really see these things listed for us. We know that the Lord has given the church two ordinances. We have the ordinance of baptism and we have the ordinance of the Lord's table. Both of these ordinances were given to the church as a means and a measure of, of uh, keeping the church pure, keeping the church clean. They were designed to keep the church on track. The observance of these ordinances does not provide any extra measure of grace. I am not after tonight because I have observed the Lord's Supper and partaken of the unleavened bread and the juice, I'm not all of a sudden for the next 24 hours a super Christian. I'm not all of a sudden have this extra measure of grace and somehow have power with God. The power with God comes from being clean, from being a usable vessel, from having nothing between you and your Lord. The power with God comes from a right relationship with him not because I've partaken of the Lord's table. Also, you do not have to observe the Lord's table or follow Lord and believer's baptism in order to keep your salvation. 
Salvation is a free gift from God, and it's, it's given these things or ordinances given to the church. And I believe that as a believer, our heart's desire should be first and foremost to please God, and so therefore we would want to follow the Lord in believer's baptism. And as a church, what a privilege, what a gift He has given us to be able to observe the Lord's Supper. It's in a very important part of our faith as we think about these things, but these are not things that provide salvation. Jesus Christ did that on the cross. The observance of the Lord's Supper is one of the most significant events that the New Testament church has and participates in. It is to be observed by believers, the members of a local church gather. It serves for us as a reminder of that ultimate price of salvation. The church should observe the Lord's Supper as oft as they feel led to. This is a local church matter. There's nothing in the scriptures that say it has to be observed so many times in a season or a year or whatever. It just says as oft as you do. So it's something that as a group, you can determine what would be best in following and observing this as a church. And for us, we, we want to observe it often enough that we aren't allowed to forget. But not so often that it loses its significance. Not so often that it becomes just rote ritual instead of something that we really ponder and think about. So we here this evening are going to look at the Lord's Supper. And first of all, we see that the first look we have is we have a look back. We see in verse number 23 there, he says, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he brake it. And he said, Take eat, this is my body, which is broken for you, this do... In remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup. When he had supped saying. This cup is the new testament of my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it. In remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread. And drink this cup. Ye do show the Lord's death. Till he come. So first of all we see there's a look back. We, we look back and we are reminded of the sacrifice that Jesus gave for you and I. The price that it cost him, that our sin cost him. And Pastor Derek commenting here about Christ's ability to save unto the uttermost. But the other aspect of that is Christ's ability to save some from the uttermost. And these young men and young ladies that have had the privilege to grow up in a in a home that protected them and sheltered them. You should praise God for that. And that God sheltered you from the uttermost. But at the same time, you need to realize that your sin was just as bad. That your sin, you stood just as guilty before God. One of the things that 
happens many times with a young man or young lady that kind of grew up in church and they kind of what you would call a, a, you know, a good church kid. I mean, for all intents and purposes, they, they weren't out running around and, and being wild in the neighborhoods and, you know, breaking into places and, you know, stealing cars and, and joyriding and all. I mean, they weren't involved in all the stuff that people in the society get into. You say, well, he's a good church kid. He'll, he'll come to Jesus Christ and he'll confess his sin. He'll get saved. And not much changes in his life. And you feel like, well, that wasn't that bad anyway. But you understand, we still have a sinful heart. And no matter how good you are, no matter how high or bright your, your halo is, you've got to realize you're still a sinner. And God forgave you of that sin. And Jesus Christ had to go to the cross. And here's the amazing thing. If, Sophia, if you were the only one on earth, God said he loved you enough, he would have gone to the cross for you. That's amazing. You think, oh yeah, God did it for the whole world. But he did it for you. You were the joy that was set before him. So he endured the cross and despised the shame. It's a look back. We think about that cross, that cross that stands as a symbol of sacrifice, but it also stands as a symbol of love. But God committed his love toward us and that while yet sinners, Christ died for us. It is his love for us. Because of Christ's sacrifice on the cross, God purchased our redemption. He became for us that once over, that once Passover lamb died so that we might live. So first of all, we see we have this, we look back and remember and think about what it means as we partake of the bread, this is a picture. He said, this do in remembrance of me. It's a picture of Christ's body. And the juice is a picture of his blood that was shed. Just like in baptism, it's a picture of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. How he was buried, but three days later he rose again. Old things are passed away. All things are become new. We've got a new life in Christ. That's a picture. And this is a picture for us to remember. So we look back. We also are told here that we're supposed to look inward. We're supposed to look in. He says, look in verse number 27. He says, wherefore, whosoever shall eat of this bread and drink of this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself. And so let him eat of the bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord that we should not be Condemned with this world. He says you need to look in. There is to be a time of examination. And first of all, you look in to confirm and be sure. Understand, beloved, that this is something that was given an ordinance to give into the church. So first you need to be sure that you're saved. 
that without question, without any, without any doubt or any hesitation, you know that you have put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. His death, burial, and resurrection, this, this is a picture of what He did for you on the cross. Why would you observe the Lord's Supper in a picture of what He did if you've never accepted His sacrifice? If you've never put your faith and trust in that gift of eternal life that He gives you by that sacrifice, why would you do it at all? It's not just a ritual that's performed that we might feel more spiritual. It's to cause us to look back and remember what He did. It's to cause us to look inward and examine ourselves. We first look at our own salvation and make sure you know you're saved. Listen, if you're not saved here tonight, tonight's the night. You can get saved tonight. Before we observe the Lord's Supper, we're going to have a small invitation, a time where you can come and say, Pastor, I need to get saved. I don't want to partake of the Lord's Supper unworthily tonight. I need to get saved. And boy, we would rejoice with you. And we would just be excited about the decision that you've made and you partake of the Lord's Supper knowing you're on your way to heaven and your sins have been forgiven. But you also need to be sure of your own sanctification tonight, not just salvation, but how clean are you? I was listening to a message this week by David Gibbs. He's a very interesting speaker. He's one that can hold your attention. David Gibbs, he's an amazing, gifted speaker. But he says, you know, he was praying with Lester Roloff, and Lester Roloff was talking to him about, he's like, David, we need to get clean. And he's like, okay. And he says, no, no, I didn't say we need to get cleaner. He said, we need to get clean. And he, and he said, you know, how many times have we, the, the, somebody spoke on something and the Holy Spirit touched our heart and we walked down the aisle and, and because they talked about this one thing, we came forward and we got a little cleaner. But we didn't get clean. We got up and walked out of church and we, we know, we, we got one thing taken care of, we, we got our hands washed, but we didn't get clean. He was saying, we need to get clean before God. And that's what he is saying here. You've got to look in and you've got to examine yourself. You've got to just take some time and see, are you clean? Is everything taken care of between you and God? That's what this is for. It's a time of examination to point to your heart and in your life and just say, God, you know, if you're not even sure, you can do what David did. And he says, God, search me. Try me. See if there be any wicked way in me, God. I'm not, I'm not sure as far as I know. I, there's nothing between you and me. I'm clean, God. Would you point something out to me if there's anything I need to take care of? Search me, God. As we have a time of examination, could I encourage you to look in? This is something that God leaves to us. We have to examine ourselves. He says if we judge ourselves, we don't have to be judged by him. Boy, isn't it, kids, isn't it much better when you own up to it and go to mom and dad and say, hey, uh, I popped the tire on the car, right? <laughs> Whatever it is, isn't it much better when you just own up to it? Then mom and dad are a little less likely to kill you, right? They'll have a little bit of grace. It's a lot better when we just come to God and he doesn't have to judge us for it. We can say, God, hey, he says he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We look in.
We don't want to partake of this unworthily. He describes here those that were sick and ultimately even some that died because they took of the Lord's Supper carelessly. Just, oh, yeah, let's just do it. And didn't get clean. Then we see that we're supposed to look out. Look at verse number, we're going to back up a little bit. Look at verse number 18. Verse 18 through 22 He says, for first of all, when you come together in the church, I hear that there be divisions among you. And I partially believe it. For there must also be, there must be also heresies among you. Divisions caused by heresy, divisions caused by disagreements. He says that they which are approved may be manifest among you. When you come together, therefore, into one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper for the eating Everyone taketh before other his own supper, and one is hungry, and another is drunken. What, have ye not houses to eat and drink in? Or despise ye the church of God, and shame them that have not? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I praise you not. He says, before you partake of the Lord's Supper, realize that it's not a time to just come and get full. It, 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 that's not what the cause, it's not here to eat dinner. He said, you can eat dinner at your own house. He said, this is a time to just, just to remember. And he says here, you need to look out and make sure your relationships with each other are right. He says, I heard that there's some divisions among you. I heard that there's some, some, some problems and, and, and I partially believe it. Because I've heard about the heresy that's present. And you understand that the Lord's Supper and the baptism of the church is to keep the church clean, to keep the church pure. We look out and make sure that our relationships are right. This is the time to get it right. There should be great unity in the family of God when we remember what God did for us all. When we remember that We're all equal at the foot of the cross. The problem you might have with a brother or sister in Christ, I wonder how important is it really in the light of God's glorious love? How important is it in the light of what he's done for us? He says we look out, and lastly, I want you to see that we look forward. Verse number 26 He says, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you show the Lord's death till he come. This is something we look forward to. We are observing this, but we're only going to observe the Lord's Supper until he comes. When he comes back, then the time of observing the Lord's Supper is done because we've reunited with him. And we don't need to have that reminder anymore. So as we do it, we look forward in anticipation to that day. This is very important for us as a church and as individuals. And I hope you take it as important.